if you're happy with crappy stuff, someone will give you better stuff. Look, the hat's back. Let's see if it'll make Frosty alive again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Style Guide with your hosts, Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Dave. Oh, thanks, Steve. Merry Christmas to you as well. Yeah, even even though it's already happened. Even though it is, yeah. So Merry, Merry Boxing Day, Stephen. Yeah, Happy Boxing Day, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is a, a is it a oh wait, is that a holiday everywhere? Or is that just like a Canadian and, and British thing? I don't think it actually is a holiday in in the states. Is it actually a holiday? Yeah, I think it's actually considered a holiday in Canada. Like you get time and a half for it and stuff. See, I've been a student for too long, and so I get that just entire Christmas period off. So. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, it's a holiday. Yeah, it's a holiday celebrated by like working people. It's a yeah. It's a it's a bank holiday and public holiday. Okay, well, well, all of you people who have real jobs, unlike Dave and I, uh, enjoy enjoy your time and a half. Yeah, but Christmas Eve is not a special holiday. Uh, it's just a day, and neither's yeah. New Year's Eve. It's not a holiday. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, neither's Mother's Day. Well, I, I don't think it should be. That would that'd be a travesty. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think essentially, if it falls on a Sunday all the time, it's not considered a holiday. But if it sometimes is on like a Monday, then it's considered a holiday. What are we talking? Mother's Day? I don't know. Okay, uh, so um, merry, merry, happy, uh, Stephen. Uh, ready to talk about some Christmas stories? That's what we're talking about today. Christmas stories, because of course it's Christmas time. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm yeah. This is a thing I can do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a nice little fun, fluffy episode after the holidays. So while people digest their rum and eggnogs, we we can entertain them with some discussion about what is and what makes a Christmas story, and what makes them good or bad or great, and what our favorites are, and yada yada yada. And just to be clear, this is not us repeating talking about Shane Black again when we talked about Christmas action movies, right? No, not at all. No, not at all. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll mention some. I mean, you just did. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe we will. But I think we're, thinking, we're talking more like uh, traditional Christmas stories Okay. Uh, that people know and love. Okay, because uh, that's hate. disappointing. Because I rewatched The Long Kiss Goodnight, and I really <laughs> like that movie. You can. I rewatch it every year. Um, <laughs> so, Faye, before we start, though, um, I, just got, I just got a personal question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you spell Christmas? And by that I mean, do you spell it out as as Christmas, or do you do that sort of Xmas thing that people do? No, I don't do that Xmas thing. Never. Did you go through a phase of it at all? I'm not going to say definitively that I did not go through that phase, but I, I, I don't remember it. If mm-hmm. I did, it was such a blur. Yeah, I think I went through that phase when I was like in like a, a younger teenager and realized that you could do it if you wanted to. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Put an X. Yeah. And that was my like re- rebellion moment. Well, you, you also had other rebellion moments in your life. Sorry, I should rephrase. That was my rebellion moment against Christmas. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Whereas I'm more of a traditionalist and spell it Christ Mass every yeah, time. With two S's and a space. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Christ Mass. No, I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to go back. I do, I do really make sure I pronounce the T, though. I say Christmas, not Christmas. No. If I, if I can avoid it, I say Christmas. I, I think it's an important part of the holiday. The T? Yeah, the T, I think. It is the cross. It is the cross. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't even 
Moving right along. <laughs> but speaking of, of, of Christ Mass, do, do the other thing we're not talking about are like um, are like uh, necessarily like religious movies, like uh, the Ten Commandments and stuff like that. Even though those are like Christ part, the Christ part of Christmas, but we're talking about the sort of like you know, uh, Frosted Snowman, uh, Santa Claus, Christmas Magic kind of Christmas, right? Yeah, we're, the the more traditional idea of what a Christmas film is. Yeah, yeah. The only time it becomes like a religious film is when it's like Home Alone, and he like yeah. when he prays. Doesn't he pray at one point in Home Alone? That that makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Those kind of moments. <laughs> and, and that's why we won't really be talking about someone like Shane Black, because he he isn't doing what what I would call a Christmas movie first. It is another genre that happens to take place during Christmas, whereas all of the, the films I think that we're going to talk about today are first and foremost, and maybe only really, a Christmas film. Yeah, they're about Christmas itself, and like Christmas is the main story of the of the film not an incidental part of the it, it's not the um, it's not the setting of the film it's what the film is about yeah it must almost it almost has to involve the line because it's christmas <laughs> yeah like almost every single one will have that line either spoken straightforward or ironically <laughs> yeah cool okay so i think there's only one place we can start okay and we have to start probably one of one of the most defining Christmas stories, which is the thing we're talking about stories, not just movies, but stories. Uh, the most defining Christmas story of all Christmas stories and possibly one of the stories that helped give Christmas that feeling that it actually has. Oh, the, the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> close. But the, the story that gave Christmas the feeling of, of like feasting and giving like gifts and being merry and happy and like very, very like a, a positive celebration, which is, of course, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Yeah, that, that is the definitive Christmas story. Yeah. And like, I mean, uh, but when we did, we did Charles Dickens uh, as Paper Street. And so we researched a lot about him. But because before like the 1800s, Christmas wasn't like a big celebration. It was like this tiny little holiday that I think was on its way out. Like it was pretty close to not being celebrated anymore. But then in the 1800s, quite a few things happened. It wasn't just Charles Dickens decided to like he he didn't write the story and then rebirth Christmas. Uh, there were a few other things that were happening and movements towards making Christmas a bigger holiday. Uh, but Charles Dickens was one of the main main components of that sort of rebirth of Christmas and giving it that that sort of like uh, brotherhood of man and, and like you know uh, goodwill and charity kind of vibe. He he makes this very much uh, family versus the, the the way that it kind of get ex- gets expressed today the tradition versus consumerism sort of idea which is is there in him in the in the beginnings of his his story too so that's the kind of the genesis of of such an important part of what becomes a christmas story yeah and he didn't just write a christmas carol he wrote a few other he wrote like a christmas story every year but a christmas carol was the more uh but it was the only one that has any real lasting power the others aren't as good but they're all they all have that same sort of theme of like uh the rich and the poor and giving to poor people on Christmas, uh, which is that that's part a big part of what Christmas is today is uh, like, you know, drives for the food bank and giving to people who are less fortunate than you. And again, because it's Christmas, uh, we should be generous and, and take care of each other. 
and to to point out your your comment about the the many stories that he wrote he wrote one called i think the christmas goblins yeah he did that's mm-hmm. right yeah so, uh, you know oh was it called that i don't know if it was called that but there were christmas goblins in it. yeah <laughs> yeah like <laughs> this is a guy playing around with with what it means and so yeah and i all of them were somewhat ghosty though that was the the thing with them he wrote all these christmas stories that kind of had ghosts or goblins or uh, strange little eerie things to them some supernatural elements which has still kind of carried on with the christmas the magic of christmas really in in some ways the the magic of christmas i don't see how that comes about without his ghosts you know yeah mm-hmm. and it's also yeah the 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 other thing that comes out of that story that we see in christmas stories all the time is the looking back at the past um the reflecting part of of christmas stories where you know like we don't get uh, it's a wonderful life is that the one where the guy goes back and looks at his past yeah 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 we don't get that without a christmas carol uh we don't get the family man without a christmas carol the family man with nicholas cage yeah great film yeah my favorite nicholas cage movie but we don't get that without that idea of looking back at things that we regret or things that we wish we'd done differently and giving glimpses of other lives and seeing what the future might hold like all that kind of thing uh we don't get all that uh part of a christmas story without that charles dickens uh, influence and and it grows to to be a, such the, the the idea of nostalgia just grows to be such an important part of all these different stories where um you know even if it doesn't have that direct uh, magical looking back on the past or looking forward to future lives, you still have characters who wistfully think about Christmases that they had when they were children and, and that sort of stuff that, that still influences the genre to this day. So Yeah, and would you say just the whole concept of tradition kind of fits in with that, like the idea of people having Christmas traditions? Uh, yeah. Like it's it's because they did it before that they're doing it again, so it still has that sort of nostalgic thing? Absolutely, absolutely. Without Without a doubt tradition ends up being maybe the most important part of these Christmas stories and and how that ties into family and relationships and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it's one of the, would it be one of the cornerstones? Is that what we call it? Yeah. Tradition, uh, reflection, charity. Family. And family. <laughs> We just wrote a Christmas film right there. Podcast over. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. You <laughs> yeah, know, you need him in Christmas. The other, the, the fifth corner of, of a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, like uh, um, The Longest Goodnight, Frosty the Snowman. Was he in Frosty the Snowman? Of, co- of course he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was boggled. You, you had me. Yeah, so Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is great. And, of course, it's also been it's the most remade uh, Christmas story, I think, ever. Yeah, it may be the most remade story ever. I don't know. like that, And probably the most staged story ever. <laughs> like, every year, so many people are doing it. I wonder, actually, I wonder how, how it does in, like, box office return versus the nativity play. Hmm. You know, like, churches do the nativity play every year. I wonder if Charles Dickens beats it out with A Christmas Carol. Because I think A Christmas Carol works for both secular and religious audiences, you know? True, yeah, because it is like a secular story, mm-hmm. but it has uh, the message of, like, uh, you know, again, goodwill, charity, taking care of people, being a good person, not being obsessed with material wealth, you know? So, like, it has the same, some sort of, some Christian values to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, I wonder. So, like, uh, yeah, what's your favorite uh, Dickens remake? 
Uh, the Christmas Carol remake, I should say. I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I want to ask. I want to hear, 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 see if I'm right. Uh, it's well, you do know the answer. It's a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. That was not going to be my guess. No. No. Although you're right, that's so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, back when Muppet movies were were such an important, cool part of my life. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. that, which isn't the case anymore. And you know, Michael Caine as Scrooge. I it's, know. Uh, Perfect fit. It's it's this fun little just kind of musical live action Muppet Christmas. It's great. We're Marley and Marley. We're Marley and Marley. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that your introduction to Michael Caine movies? That had to be my introduction to Michael Caine movies. Yeah. That is hilarious to me. When when was your introduction to Michael Caine? Oh man, that's a really good question. I don't know, but I see him in a suit. You see him in a suit. Some movie when he was in a suit. Oh yeah, see, I can't, I can't even remember anymore because I'm mixing. Now all I think is the Prestige, but that definitely wasn't my introduction. But that's like, I guess my favorite role of his. So that's what I see in my head. So I, I don't even know. I think, I think my introduction to him would have been through references to him by other actors, or him on like late night talk show things, and having right. never seen any of his movies, but just knowing who Michael Caine is, and then starting to see him in movies later. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, that's your favorite remake. Can you guess what mine yeah. is? Can you guess my favorite uh, Christmas Carol remake? Your favorite? Oh, uh, Scrooge with yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah of course. It. Of course, you know it. <laughs> Scrooged. What a great remake. <laughs> I say it's one of the few remakes that's better than the original. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it. I do love it. It's a great, like, uh, uh, I, I thought it was a wonderful way to take that same, uh, the same ideas from A Christmas Carol, where the rich people back then were money lenders and stuff like that uh and turned into what are the rich people today and it's tv producers uh and it was great it was great like a sort of reflection of it yeah it it does it does take the idea of a remake into to something fun and new which i i i don't think is done often enough with this story i think this story gets retold pretty straight and 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 so when you're able to put a new twist on it, I think I think you can make it work effectively. But it's harder and harder to to really get there these days. Yeah, yeah, it was a great remake. Well, there's some other good remakes of Christmas Carol. I mean, like there's the Disney one, like with Mickey Mouse and stuff. Uh, the yeah, the Flintstones did one. Did the Flintstones? Yeah, the Flintstones did a remake. Yeah, you're right. Where like Fred Flintstone was going back and stuff. <laughs> uh, that one was okay. That was okay. Star Star Trek never did one, hey? They really should have. <laughs> like a like a just a playing it straight Christmas Carol. Yeah, but actually, you know what? The Disney one with Mickey Mouse is actually a pretty pretty good one. That's not bad, you know. Mm-hmm. It's got the best version of the giant. I don't remember. Yeah, because because he's literally a giant, and he's just got a big beard. You know, uh, right? It's great. Anyway, sorry, we've spent enough time on a Christmas Carol, <laughs> but it is uh, it is I think worthy to spend this much time on it because it is like the the foremost and founding Christmas story, really. Definitely, except except for the nativity story, but you know what I mean. <laughs> what we now think of today as Christmas stories, uh, without Dickens, we wouldn't have them. That, yes, that and as a storytelling uh, foundation, it it it's absolutely necessary. You're right. And I I would go as far to say that uh, I I think that 
too much of the genre relies on the foundation of a Christmas story, uh, a Christmas Carol. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I I think that very very few Christmas films decide to really take up the the idea of a Christmas story in a new and novel direction, instead relying on the same sorts of themes, the same sorts of tropes that we we got with a Christmas Carol, and then just put them in a different setting with different characters. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, like no no one's taking Christmas stories in a new direction anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a cheap, straightforward movie to do, and no one cares about them as an as something worthy of artistic merit. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 very rare, and and I'm not gonna sing Alf Elf's praises. I don't I don't think Elf is a fantastic movie. But what Elf tries to do is play with the the genre in a new and interesting way, and I think that that's not done very often with Christmas stories, mostly because the return on investment is going to be so low. It's it's a movie that sits in a very particular time period, and you're not going to make a ton of money out of it and and people go and see christmas movies because it's christmas not because it's a good movie true although i think you're underestimating the value of a good christmas movie like for instance elf is still like uh one of the probably one of the most watched movies at christmas like it's in it it made it into those like top 10 christmas movies people watch yeah which has guaranteed it money for the rest of its life that's true that's true yeah one of our friends uh patrick bainham the brick house is in that movie he's one of the elves at the beginning he says uh they they say like we need you know, when he's complaining about what he's good at someone says well you're good at changing the light bulbs uh and we need that done all, uh every year and then our friend patrick says and we'll need it done again next year or something like that <laughs> and that's his only line in the movie and as an actor, he was still getting money from that, like, this year, you know. And, and of course, yeah. like, because of how residuals work, it gets less and less and less. But he's still getting money from that one line he said in a movie. Like, when was that movie made? Like, 15 years ago? Like, it's so old now. Yeah. And so, like, uh, I think if, it, if the movie does breach that, like, popularity, it'll, uh, it'll stay selling forever. Like, Scrooge, I'm sure Scrooge is still making money. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, the, the thing about Elf is that it it did really try to do something so new and so different uh, with a Christmas story. You know, a human who was raised as an elf. That's such a just a ridiculous premise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it allows it, it. It's the story itself is whimsical whether it's it's not a traditional story and this is this is one of the things that i keep coming up against when i'm watching these christmas films is despite their message being uh you know well no not despite their message largely because their message is is a battle between tradition and change and and whatever these films are very traditional Mm -hmm. at their core for the most part Mm -hmm. and yet the ones we really remember are those that aren't which is such a cool little uh little moment yeah and you know what i think there's so there's another uh aspect of like where we get inspiration for christmas stories uh other than charles dickens a christmas carol and that is literal christmas carols so frosty the snowman uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer little drummer boy little drummer boy (laughs) really clever what a clever line that is (laughs) 
Have you heard David Bowie sing that song? It's awesome. So, uh, like, so because I think Elf actually draws inspiration from Christmas carols more than a Christmas carol, because the story is kind of a uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story, right? Like, yeah, everyone made fun of him because he was weird, and then he ends up helping Santa fly his sleigh through the night and saves Christmas, right? Like very Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer style story and less uh, a Christmas carol story, you know, uh, even though it does have, I guess, themes of, of uh, from there, like the looking back and reflecting on Christmas past and, and a grumpy old executive becoming heartwarmed again, you know, like similar themes, but it does have a little bit of that, like uh, uh, Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer to it. At least that's what I've already I've always thought. Yeah, that I I had never thought of it that way. But the second you say it, of course, that's exactly what Elf is. It is, it is Rudolph told through the eyes of Will Ferrell. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. as a human who was living as an elf instead of a reindeer with a stupid red nose. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, all the children laughed and played. Wait, no, that's Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> uh, everyone made fun of him, you know, until one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa broke down in Central Park. And it also has uh, what's her name in it? Nope. Don't know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. She's great. She's the actress that's in there that plays his his love interest. Uh, Re- Re- Zoe Deschanel. Renee Russo. Oh yeah, Zoe Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, and she's awesome, and she sings. Yeah, it is a great movie. Um, so I think yeah. So what do you think about uh, what, what what about drawing inspiration from literal Christmas carols? Can you think of any other movies that that do that? Like other than like I guess Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> other the ones that are directly based off them, yeah. Because yeah. there is a little drummer boy one. There is a a Rudolph and a Frosty. Yeah, I mean, there's you get those ones like 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 that one with Michael Keaton, Jack Frost. Is that what it's called? Yeah, where that's he turn, true. turns into a snowman, which has clear drawing from the Jack Frost thing. But even even in that one, it has this idea of of family and tradition and stuff like that you know and charity right because like it's about it's about his relationship with his kid right yeah and how the the dad's relationship with his kid is not good but when he becomes a snowman all of a sudden like the kid likes the snowman more or something like that which is very similar in some ways to the santa claus right with tim allen yeah similar sort of story yeah Mm -hmm. where he's a he's a money grubbing dude doesn't care about real what the meaning of christmas is and then ends up becoming santa claus and falls in love with christmas yeah yeah and then does two more sequels after that <laughs> which i i think there, there's more writers that he didn't read that he has to, like blow magic dust on or something like that <laughs> to see what the contract is <laughs> moving right along yeah uh, i love i love that that movie i love that that movie was inspired by a pun yeah you know someone was like santa claus yeah with an e right there's like a clause in a contract <laughs> wait a minute what if we made a whole movie about that? And that's where it came from. Which is disappointing, uh, to say the least. You can tell it wasn't like they wrote a movie and then named it after. <laughs> it went totally the other way. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of another movie that kind of does that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing that Elf does. Yeah. Except like, I'm for sure Rudolph. that they do. I mean, maybe The Twelve Dogs of Christmas, but I didn't watch it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to ever, yeah. ever watch that. There are a lot of bad Christmas movies that get made every year. The Ghost uh, uh, Boyfriends of Christmas Pasts, is that one of them that I saw? I'm, I'm sure that is. The 12, the 12 Dates of Christmas. Yeah, they're, they're great. I watched How Sarah Got Her Wings, which just popped up on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. 
because I hate myself, uh, apparently. And it is it is a bad Christmas film for sure. It yeah. she she dies and and goes off to heaven and she's not on the list in heaven, so she has to go back to Earth to you know clear her baggage or whatever her unresolved baggage so that she can get into heaven which is very similar to both the movie ghost and the movie uh down to earth with chris rock (laughs) oh i like that chris rock got mentioned i was gonna bring him up talking about a very murray christmas but uh um i'm glad you brought it up now uh did you watch a very murray christmas i came out last year came out last year during christmas I meant to watch it last year, and I didn't get around to it, so I'm excited for it to be on my Christmas watching this year. Oh, okay. Well, then I won't tell you what I was going to tell you. Go ahead and tell me what you're going to tell me. That's fine. You don't need to watch it. It's really not very good. Oh. I know. It's a shame, right? It's a shame. I, I thought it was going to be great, too. I'm super, I was super excited. I love Bill Murray. I love his comedy. I love his style, and it uh, just didn't work out very well. But mm. Chris Rock does make a feature appearance in it. The premise of the film, spoiler alert, is that he's doing a Christmas special, but then there's a really bad storm, and the Christmas special ends up getting canceled because no one can make it, uh, except for Chris Rock. And then him and Chris Rock end up doing a Christmas special. But then, like, uh, and they hang out in the bar with the staff, and they sing songs and stuff, and it's kind of weird and awkward. And then Miley Cyrus shows up at the end. Oh, punk rocker Miley Cyrus? Well, that might be reason enough for me to watch it, Dave. And then they, they sing like a, they do like a music video. <laughs> well, but like that's that's the thing. Christmas movies are disappointing. <laughs> like, it, I, even, I, I, I <laughs> okay, finish ahead. your thought. Finish your thought. It's, I, for, for me, the, me, the metric has to be, can I watch this movie outside of the holiday season? If the answer is no, it's not a good movie. Ah, uh, because it holds it, it's being held up by the fact that it's Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. And and even then like barely held up. Like I will watch a Christmas movie at Christmas just because that's what you do. I won't necessarily enjoy it. Like I watched quite a few Christmas films for for this episode. Yeah. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> Okay, so that by that by that metric, then Scrooge holds up because I could watch that outside of Christmas and still really enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah, a Muppet Christmas Carol. That that one's harder mm. because it it really only holds up because of nostalgia for me. Yeah. And it makes me think of the the vastly superior Muppet Treasure Island. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and any of those like, any of those like claymation ones of like Rudolph or or whatever, those don't really hold up because you don't really want to watch those outside of Christmas time. Yeah, try putting one of those on in July. Yeah, yeah. See, I was gonna say that Christmas movies aren't bad, and like Christmas stories aren't bad uh, necessarily. It's Christmas specials that are bad. Um, like the Star Wars Christmas special or uh, A Very Murray Christmas. Uh, but then I think about it, and some of them are still okay, but again, it does rely a lot on Christmas. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, there are times where I think I think you can theme a film for a particular release. So things like the Halloween movies or the Saw movies which are, you know, traditionally seen as more of a Halloween-centric 
film franchise, both of them. But I think those who appreciate them would, would say those are watchable outside of Halloween. Yeah, Halloween definitely is, yeah. And so are horror movies, yeah. They, they can be watched anytime, really. Yeah, yeah. But Christmas movies, yeah, they do get kind of anchored to Christmas. And even, even, it's not a Charlie Brown Christmas, it's, what's it called? There is one called a Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay, okay, yeah. The, even, even Charlie Brown's uh, themed films, they're, they're good to watch outside of it, although not great, right? Like, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, it's really a Halloween film. And, and these, these holiday-specific films are very rarely made with the kind of effort or the kind of artistic craft that makes you want to watch them outside of the holiday that they're centered around. Mm-hmm. So by that, by that standard again, The Nightmare Before Christmas actually holds up pretty well then. Yeah, I, I would say that that holds up great. Because you can watch it at Halloween or at Christmas. Nice move, Tim Burton. But you can also watch it any other time through the year, and it's still a fun movie and actually a really neat, cool sort of uh, film. So I think it, it, it also does break that mold. Yeah, yeah. And it's because there's a story there behind the film, and Christmas and Halloween color it in a lot of different ways. But you could tell that story, I guess, in a different way. Yeah, and it actually doesn't take a lot of... Uh... I mean, the only the, the the story based on most is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, but even that's more of just like a wink and a nod to Rudolph. Uh, yeah. it's not like the crux of the story. The crux of the story is just any sort of classic musical structure of of character that wants something more than what they have, and they go out and get it, um, and and the tribulations that happens for getting it. So it is like a Christmas story that's outside of a Christmas story, but it's still a Christmas story. Yeah, and when you compare that to something like let's say Die Hard or Lethal Weapons, Lethal Weapons, uh, Lethal Weapon, um, well, Shane Black's films, yeah. uh, Gremlins, like they're, they're Christmas films, but you, they, they don't rely so heavily on Christmas that you couldn't watch it elsewhere. Die Hard could have taken place in any sort of action setting. Christmas just happens to be there. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just adds a few fun little bits, but... Yeah, interesting. Um, so we haven't talked at all about Christmas romantic comedies. No. Which is something that Paper Street just did this season as well, so I'm well-versed in them currently. But they are a very different kind of Christmas movie because they aren't necessarily... I mean, they still have that Christmas uh, feel-good tradition family is important type thing, mm-hmm. but it's but it puts it in more of a people-falling-in-love angle. Yeah. Where it's like... Uh, it does like the because-it's-Christmas... I need to tell you how I feel about you now while I have the chance, you know, or the winds of change of Christmas are coming through and therefore I'm going to seize this opportunity and the magic of Christmas is going to help us fall in love or whatever it is, you know, like, like, uh, it has that aspect to it. So it's like, it's like if Scrooge wasn't about him learning to be a good person, but about him trying to find a date. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what. Yeah. And those movies again, and this is something, uh, like watching them, like things like Four Christmases or Love Actually or what's the, or The Holiday. Mm-hmm. All of them do not pass your can you watch them outside of Christmas uh, <laughs> test. <laughs> no. Because I think watching Four Christmases outside of Christmas would be very strange because it's so Christmas focused. Yeah. Love, Love Actually might be one that holds up, but that movie has trouble holding up anyway because of other things about it. But... But it's still like it's pretty Christmassy. 
and uh, and Christmas and Christmas holds that movie up a little. Unlike the Family Man, which in a lot of ways is doing the same thing, like the the Family Man being a story at at the end about not wanting to be alone for the holidays and wanting to kind of have that true love connection. It it does hold up uh, outside of Christmas, which. Uh, well, I, I would agree with that, but I think most people out in the world would say that movie doesn't hold up, period. But um, but I, uh, because I love that film, yes, I, I agree. It holds up. It holds up. I, that's, the, uh, I, I think, yes, it's not a perfect film, nor maybe is it even a great film, but I, but I think that it, it is able to, to transcend the holiday in which it's embedded. Yeah, and, and it, is, it is one of the few Christmas romantic comedies that... And when actually when we did the show, we ruled it out because we were ruling out anything that involved magic Mm -hmm. because magic kind of makes it more of a Christmas movie and less of a romantic comedy. And we wanted to make sure we were doing romantic comedy Christmas films and not Christmas films that had romance because all Christmas films have some kind of romance. So uh, it got ruled out because it has magic involved. But it is one of the romantic comedies that involves actual that, that sort of like Dickensian magic of Christmas. And a lot of the romantic comedies don't. Yeah, well, and because in in a lot of ways it doesn't it doesn't exactly make sense, right? Magic magic is too powerful a force in these sorts of films to to just casually be thrown around for yeah, the purpose of just don't... people falling in love. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't need it. You don't need it for that. Um, yeah, yeah. And the Family Man again. You're right. It is actually it's a story about a person that needs to change and learn to to love somebody more than himself and. It just happens to be done at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, the real story is this rich guy uh, does a good deed for, like, the first time in his life, and the person he saves happens to be an angel who sends him and gives him a glimpse of his other life. And by angel, I meant Don Cheadle, not not a literal angel. Like, Don Cheadle's just angelic to me. And he sends him back to get a glimpse of his other life, and then he realizes that he wanted to be with her the whole time. And it just happens that he sends them back to Christmas. And what's what's great about that movie is that, yes, it's a it's got that romantic element to it, but he doesn't end up with, it, with her. They they kind of they they cross paths to very together. And she's like, yeah, I guess I'll go on a date with you, but he's got an entire history with an imagined version of her, and she's coming to it relatively recently since their breakup many, many years ago or whatever. C- comparing it to the way that a, a romantic comedy often ends, where it's like, oh, well, we're going to be in love now. You know? It's yeah. like, no, we're going to go on a date, and maybe it'll work out. Like, it's... I That's what I really love about that film. It kind of... It breaks that romantic drama up a little bit. Yeah, they don't even go on a date. She just agrees to go for coffee with him. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Just a cup of coffee. Which shows that she's a better person than he ever was. Yes, yeah. Because he, she, he, she would can't change her flight to go for coffee, whereas he would not change his to go for coffee. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. What a jerk. What a jerk. Your comment about the the importance or, or unimportance of magic in the romantic Christmas movie makes me think of the the wonderful the wonderful movie Serendipity with Nicolas Cage and Kate Beckinsale, I think. Yeah, are you sure Nicolas Cage? Don't you mean John Cusack? Yeah, I definitely mean John Cusack, uh, not Thank Nicolas you. Cage. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Kate Beckinsale. I, I will. I'll, I'll give you because I haven't seen the movie. I just know John Cusack's in it. <laughs> yeah, 
And and that movie, if I if I'm recalling correctly, it was not a Christmas movie in that it was like released in October, and Christmas is only in the movie at the start of the film. Yeah, um, it starts during Christmas and it might end during Christmas, but the middle chunk has nothing to do with Christmas. But what I but in in a lot of ways it feels like a Christmas romantic comedy to me. In in that it's it's it fits all of the same sorts it, it's hitting all those same sorts of beats and the Christmas spirit does definitely take part in it. And the only real magic that you have in it is just the the serendipity of events. Like the just the happenstance of them running into each other at these various points in in their lives that it seems unlikely and as if it was fate but that's that's the extent to which magic can really show up in a christmas rom-com yeah when magic starts showing up too much it becomes a magical christmas movie mm-hmm. or just a magical movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know another one of my favorite uh so one of my favorite Christmas movies that isn't actually a Christmas movie, but I think of it as a Christmas movie, and I watch it in the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm about to say? Batman Returns. <laughs> no, but that is a Christmas movie, so no. <laughs> Did Shane Black direct that? He should have, right? I wish. I, it was, was Tim, Tim Burton, Burton, but man. it should have been should have been Shane Black. Maybe he executive produced it. Anyway, the uh, is When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally is a Christmas movie? It's not at all, but I think of it as a Christmas movie because so many, so many of the scenes take place in those days between Christmas and New Year's, right? Uh, and it's all it's about them not having anyone to. Then they make the thing about if we don't have anyone on New Year's, we'll go we'll we'll go with each other. So we have somebody to kiss. Like that's kind of their like deal with each other. And so much of it, ha- so much of the like montages, flashing of like what their life is like is during Christmas, where she's like having to get the tree alone because Harry's not there to help her carry it, and like all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of like, Christmas in it, but it's not actually about Christmas in any way. It's about these two right. people falling in love. Yeah, and it just happens that the the final the the as we could call it the the um, the declaration of love moment, the like mm-hmm. uh, the over the top stupid thing that somebody does to prove that they love someone it happens at a new year's eve party and harry runs to see her and and interrupts the whole party and shouts about how he loves the way he has that crinkle in her nose when she's looking at him like he's crazy you know and it's at a new year's party and old lang zion is being sung so it always feels like a holiday film to me Hmm. yeah even though it's not even though it's not i I would not say it is but it feels like one and so to me it's one of my favorite christmas movies (laughs) well well that's good that's good yeah, just so you know, just so, just in case you were wondering, what about you? What's your favorite Christmas movie that's not a Christmas movie, other than other than The Martian? Uh, other than The Martian, which is really more of a Thanksgiving movie, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> for for me, I guess my favorite, the 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 honest answer is that I'm going to go to Shane Black and and say that Shane Black's films in general, when they take place during Christmas, they're they're not Christmas movies, and they are Christmas movies, and they're great. Yeah, but those are Christmas movies. No, yeah, no one can dispute that. No one can dispute it. Do you have a Christmas movie that's not a Christmas movie that you watch? Mm, no, for for me, my family's tradition is we'll rent a bunch of uh, we'll rent a rent a series of movies that uh, that we'll watch during the the holidays together. And so, I think for me, like the Lord of the Rings is my Christmas films. In that, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's not a Christmas movie at all, but it's Christmassy. 
yeah, it 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 somehow connects to Christmas for me uh, and and my family, and so it's the kind of thing. I think last year we watched the entire Harry Potter uh, film series. Yeah, I was about to say Harry Potter because I think a lot of people watch Harry Potter over Christmas. Uh, yeah, and me, I I read Harry Potter over Christmas a lot. Like it was my Christmas reading thing. Yeah, because Christmas always makes an appearance in the books and the movies, right? Actually, I don't know about the movies, but in in the books, there's definitely a lot of a. Uh, every Christmas, it tells what everyone gets for Christmas, and like you know what happens they, some, because they're the only ones in the castle, and Christmas man, like like story can happening, yeah. story can happen. So, uh, so Christmas always makes a, a prominent feature in the books, mm-hmm. and the movie. I think I think it does as well. Yeah, like, uh, the, the third one especially, they have like everyone wearing scarves and singing, right? And it's like a very Christmassy kind of song. Yeah, there's the the toad, um, the toad choir. I think during Christmas in that one. So, yeah, yeah. So there's like a, it's it's got some Christmas stuff to it. Yeah, like my mom, for instance, and and what therefore me in some in some instances watches Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, it's my mom's New Year's movie. She watches Planet of the Apes on New Year's Eve. That's a great New Year's movie. Yeah, and she goes through as many of the series as she can get through, but usually only the first couple because after that it's not as good. Yeah, yeah, not as not as good. Not to say that the first one's good, but <laughs> that's one of the things that that I think frustrates me so much about your traditional Christmas movie is that all of them are making an appeal to a tradition or a set of traditions that is never really matched up with the idea, the, the reality uh, or the idea of Christmas that, that my, my family experiences. Like, like yes, you know, there will be a tree and presents and that sort of stuff, but it's, it's things like watching Planet of the Apes or the, the board games that you play on Christmas Eve or all, all those little things that make, make Christmas Christmas that have so little to do with the, the trappings of Christmas. You know, yeah, and that and makes so, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep going, sorry. Well, no, it's just like the one of the one of the important themes in a lot of these films is that the person has to realize how important Christmas is and how important the tradition of Christmas is, um, and and even if it's characters like uh, Nicholas Cage as a, as a as a wealthy guy or Scrooge as a wealthy guy who who is too interested in in money and and, and that sort of stuff they get an ideal Christmas anyway. Like, they get one that is both the perfect consumer Christmas, but also family. And it's just, I don't know, it's never, the emotional payoff always sucks for me. Yeah, no, for sure. It's an idealized Christmas. You know, uh, it's not, it's not like a, really what people experience at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Christmas traditions, because mm-hmm. this, uh, this is our Christmas podcast. Uh, which is now a new tradition. I'm just joking. Well, we'll see. Do you have what? What's your like? What, what are some of like your weirdest Christmas traditions? Like, uh, like you know, like one that I think is not that weird, but I think I think it's a tradition that lots of people do around the world is like lotto scratch scratch and wins. Oh uh, yeah. Like it's a weird like people giving each other scratch and wins at Christmas is like a a thing. Like my family used to do it. My I think my uncle still does it with my mom or something like that. Uh, he buys her scratch and wins or lottery tickets and stuff like buying people lottery tickets. I know a friend of mine, her family also got lottery tickets for each other. And I don't, I, I don't know if that's like a it's Christmas, maybe you'll win a million dollars or it's just cheap and easy. 
and maybe they'll win a million dollars. But but that that's like a traditional thing that a lot of people do, I think, uh, around Christmas. That's a, sort of a weird tradition. It's not like your standard Christmas tradition. Like you said, watching movies with your family. Although that's not too weird. That's pretty standard. But like, yeah. yeah. Do you have any weird ones? For uh, for me, actually, I, I developed a bit of a weird tradition that came out of something that you used to do, actually. Oh, what's that? You you used to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Christmas Eve, like late Christmas Eve, you would go to, uh, was it 7-Eleven? Yeah, yeah. Well, although you're a little wrong, but keep going. Okay, okay, I'm a little I'll, wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it after you, you tell me your tradition. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. <laughs> well, so I, I must have heard this from you at some point, like when I was a mid, early to mid-teenager. Yeah. That this, this is something that you did. Going to, to spend a couple hours on Christmas Eve in kind of like the middle of the night with, it may have been that it was a buddy of yours who worked 7-Eleven or at 7-Eleven for that shift or something like that, and you'd hang out with him. And for some reason, this is some, a tradition that I kind of just adopted myself, where I, I would spend a couple of hours when I, when I lived in, in Ladysmith with whoever was working the 7-Eleven, you know, on Christmas Eve from like 1 a.m. <laughs> till like 4 a.m. or something like that. And yeah. we just, we just hang out and, and, and shoot the shit and it would just be kind of a, you know, like you're working in a, t- in what is just a terrible time to be working where no one is really going to show up here. So let's just hang out. Yeah. And so that, that I did for a number of years when I was uh, on the island living there and had a car. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're close. That almost is the weirdest tradition that I've ever had. It, but it was Christmas Day, not Christmas Eve. You're off by a day. Okay. And it was. It started when I was in, I think, my, my last year of high school, where a friend of mine, or actually I think it was a girlfriend of mine at the time, but eventually just a friend, where we, after Christmas dinner on Christmas Day, when you have nothing to do anymore and everyone's kind of tired and sleepy, we met up to go grab a coffee. And there was nowhere to get coffee, so we ended up at 7-Eleven because they were open and they had coffee. And we got coffee and we just stood outside 7-Eleven and ended up seeing about 30 friends of ours, like throughout the evening. Just throughout the evening because people needed to go to 7-Eleven to get more milk or to get some snacks or to get what whatever little item they needed. It was the only thing that was open, so everyone was there. And it was like kind of this fun little Christmas reunion where you get to see everybody. And so we, I started doing that every single year where friends of mine, we'd all meet at 7-Eleven. And the goal was to see as many people as you could and wish them a Merry Christmas because it's Christmas. Uh, and we'd meet around like, you know, usually around like 9 or 10 p.m. kind of thing. Uh, I think 10 p.m. was the standard meet time. And drink Slurpees and get scratch and wins. And we'd play these little gift games where you, you like, you know, tell the right and left story. Do you know that one? It's the story of Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright worked at, you know, at some place, and he left right away to go get himself this thing. And it was right, and this and that, and this and that. And it's all about saying the word left and right. And every time you say it, you pass the gift left or right. And you tell this long story that has lots of lefts and rights in it. And then eventually someone ends up with the gift, and they open it, and it's a fun surprise. So we would play that game. Uh, and I started uh, bringing Christmas trees some years where I'd bring a Christmas tree and have a Christmas tree outside 7-Eleven, and we'd decorate it, and it was like this big... Some years we had like 20 people hanging out with us. Uh, other years it was just me. But we'd hang out at 7-Eleven just to see as many people as we could, because everyone had to go to 7-Eleven for some reason. 
Okay, okay. So I I definitely did a different version of that, but that was clearly inspired by it. Yeah, it was. It's the weirdest Christmas tradition I've ever had. I've ever had. You know, like Christmas board games. That's something that you do. You know, yeah. watching. You know, watching a uh, uh, Big Trouble Little China is another somewhat traditional Christmas thing. Me and my sister do. There you go. On Christmas Day, when you're hanging out at home and there's nothing to do and it's kind of boring, you either play board games or you put on Big Trouble Little China. And that's one of those those feelings, the, the, the kind of weird feeling, the weird things that we do with family and friends during the holidays um, that, like, you know what? Wes Lord and I, for a couple of years, we would hang out on Christmas Eve and, and we would make Wikipedia edits. We would vandalize Wikipedia. <laughs> like, it was... That is the best time to do it. Because <laughs> who's sitting there making sure Wikipedia is correct on Christmas Eve? As it turns out, people were doing it. Because what we would do is we would find errors on Wikipedia pages and bold them. Like, we wouldn't fix uh, them. We would just put them in bold for someone else to fix. That's brilliant. <laughs> and and people people always undid our edits. And that was like it was a weird, stupid thing that Wes and I did. And and those like just the dumb things or the, the fun traditions that just evolve out of nowhere. Those I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a Christmas film that kinda captures that sentiment and that, that kind of the weirdness of the things we do during Christmas. Instead it's it's more about a very particular idea of what Christmas is, that idealized version. You're right. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're totally right. Like, Because uh, um, when you see Christmas movies and they have their Christmas traditions, it's things like turkey and family dinners and decorating the tree together and making a snowman or going for, to the park or going skating. It's all these very cliche Christmas traditions. Uh, and you rarely see a Christmas story that actually works into it a strange, unique tradition. Yeah. Like going to 7-Eleven or watching Big Trouble in Little China. Like they're always watching a Christmas movie on Christmas. They're not doing a thing, which is actually one of the funniest things about my uh, wife's family, Missy, Missy's family. Uh, the first Christmas I went to hosted by her mother, my mother-in-law, was every cliche Christmas tradition. And I was I was like awestruck. I was shocked. I was like, I didn't think people actually did these in real life. Like we... <laughs> We made stockings in the morning. We had a Christmas waffle, like waffles for breakfast. We went for a walk as a family. We had nap time. We played Christmas carols and sang Christmas carols. Uh, her grandfather read the Christmas story from the Bible for us. And then we all opened uh, our stockings and gifts together. And I was like, this is unbelievable i couldn't believe it i was i was blown away by the fact that it was so real christmas like a christmas story came to life yeah 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 and i don't want to pretend to that like anything's wrong with that <laughs> just to be clear yeah no yeah you're right it wasn't bad it was just like i was shocked that it existed i was like this it, is amazing <laughs> yeah it, it it just feels like christmas movies could do such a better job of kind of capturing how real christmases can be i guess yeah. but but they're not interested in doing that they're you know the the i watched for the first time how the grinch stole christmas the jim carrey one. Oh, okay i was like you've never seen the grinch i mean i'm surprised we haven't mentioned it yet on this podcast because it's such a classic christmas story but yeah so you re you watched the james uh the james <laughs> the james carrey uh the james carrey version 
Yeah, and and the thing I was I was startled watching it because of how how much of a straightforward Christmas story it is. You know, it 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 is very much like oh yeah the the who's down in Whoville they're they're so interested in in the corporate Christmas and spending money and 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 getting presents and all this sort of like the the very traditional bad consumer side of Christmas. And and that's the main like that's the the main part of the story. Like the Grinch is part of it too, but but it's so much about the the anti-consumer message that we see in so many other Christmas films these days. And and I was just sitting there going, is that what how the Grinch stole Christmas is about? Is that is that what the Dr. Seuss story was about? So I had to go and find it. And no, the Dr. Seuss story is just about this dude who's this grumpy old guy who who goes and ruins Christmas and then and then Cindy Lou who fixes everything. And and for the live action film, they turned it into the same just sort of anti-capitalism message. And it's so I was just so amazed that that they had changed yeah, well, what I, uh, I think the Grinch who stole Christmas still is about this anti-capitalist message to an extent. It's this it, I I think the message for the original story is you don't need stuff for Christmas to be great. That still is like the main message because the Grinch steals Christmas. Yeah. And then everyone still sings. Yeah. And he's like, how could they possibly be singing? I stole everything. There's nothing for them to be happy about. And then his heart grows three sizes. And then he brings Christmas back and puts everything back. Yeah. So they still get their stuff at the end and enjoy Christmas. But Yeah, but but in the in the film it's like it is so like from the from when we begin to see the Who's all they're interested in doing is spending money and buying gifts and putting and and doing better than their neighbors and that sort of stuff. Yeah, the Who's are are a lot shit in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was I was shocked, and then I realized, well, but that's what a Christmas movie is now. A Christmas movie has that. Oh, it's all about how important it is that we're all together. The stuff doesn't matter, but you get the stuff at the end, no matter what, anyway. But the stuff yeah. doesn't matter as long as you learn the lesson. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is about going uh, is about becoming a better person, I guess. Being a, a nicer, happier person. Yeah, be a nicer, happier person so that you can get the Christmas stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The if you're happy with crappy stuff, someone will give you better stuff. Yeah, that's exactly that's what the that's the theme, and that goes all the way back to Dickens, Bob Cratchit, <laughs> Bob Cratchit, who has the worst life ever. At Christmas, is so thankful still to his crappy boss and such a good charitable person, uh, and his wife even toasts to Ebenezer Scrooge, mm -hmm. not because she likes Scrooge, but because she loves her husband, uh, and because she supported him in it, but not that she actually likes him. And so, Bob Cratchit is the nicest man in the world. Because he's a nice, wonderful man, Scrooge buys him the greatest Christmas dinner ever and gives him a raise. Yep. Yeah. It's a... Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 the, that's the story. That's Christmas. Oh. It's, yeah, it, it's better to give than receive because if we all give, then we all receive. That's the, that's the message. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're coming to the end here, and, and there's one thing... I think I'll save my final thought for, but I do want to ask. So, like we've talked about our favorite not Christmas movie, but when you, when you think of a Christmas movie that is a that is truly a Christmas movie, what's your favorite one of those that that does everything that a Christmas movie does, uh, but is also you know good and worth watching? Like something like Elf, where Elf does everything a Christmas movie should do, 
uh, and it's still worth watching. I mean, yeah. uh, I can, uh, I need, like, that's a, it's a good one because, like, like I know Missy's answer. My wife loves watching White Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's her favorite Christmas movie to watch uh, every year. Not my favorite Christmas movie. I don't have the nostalgia to help hold it up. Um, mm-hmm. But my favorite Christmas movie to watch that is hitting all the Christmas bases. If you need a second, I know what mine is, definitively. You go, you go, you go. Mine is A Christmas Story, the the like, 80s film with yeah, the... Yeah. the the red red rider bb yeah, gun yeah the red rider bb gun and and ralphie that that christmas film for me both works as a nostalgia film as a christmas film but it also just holds up as a pretty decent film it hits all those beats and it's fun and quirky and weird like it 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 does everything that i think i would love a christmas movie to do and i don't think that there's been a christmas movie that has done all of that as effectively since that film <laughs> For me, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, I think you're totally right. I'm just like, oh man, I, I, I don't know if I can even think of a Christmas movie that actually hits all the bases that I really enjoy watching. Because I come to things like, like uh, Scrooged, which is, or, or Elf, but those are like, you know, the comedy ones that are like remakes of things. But you know what? Okay, okay, I got one. I got one. Okay, I, just, I, I remembered. Okay, uh, and this, there's a lot of nostalgia holding this up. <laughs> With my family, my family used to watch it all the time. Is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street the original? Obviously, not the remake. Yes, not the remake. Although the remake is fine, didn't bother me when I rewatched the remake. I was like, this still works. But the original with Santa Claus, uh, the actual Santa Claus, was in New York City um, and started working as a pretend Santa Claus. Yeah, and was directing people to other stores to find the gifts that they wanted, uh, and just sort of like this, this like. This like uh, helping out your competitors helps out you kind of thing, and this like let's all begin. So like all the 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 department stores started telling their Santas to tell people to go to other stores and stuff. <laughs> I just I I I've just uh, that that is I think my favorite uh, classic Christmas story. That comes down to the end where the girl the little girl gets the house and the family she always wanted because she's being raised by a single mom. Like it's got some good heart to it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a solid choice. It's a solid choice. I. I approve of it. Yeah. Now, 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 neither of those hold up to the. Can you watch it outside of Christmas? No. No. Mm-hmm. But, but they are uh, classic Christmas stories that I think. Yeah, I, I definitely like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street wins. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing. All right. Final thoughts. Well, the last thing that oh, I yeah. want. Well, no. This will. This will be my final thoughts. Have you seen the movie Bad Santa with Billy Bob? Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, okay. Well, that's unfortunate for you. <laughs> I so I I was I was rewatching it for this uh, this this episode and unfortunately because Show Me went away at the end of November it disappeared from me so I wasn't able to watch it there <laughs> so I went to rent it I yeah. went to rent it off iTunes and the good news is renting it was exactly the same cost as buying it because you know Christmas movies oh. which great so you own it now so I now own, own this movie and it is the first film that I have figured out how that you can hide films in iTunes so they never show up again in your actual oh, list wow. I didn't I didn't know that I'll figure out yeah how it turns out you can do that uh, because bad Santa is a garbage film it is mm. I I thought that I remembered loving it from you know when it first came out but it turns out it's a it's a bad movie as a movie it's a bad Christmas movie. None of the characters are worth watching, and it's a terrible comedy, and I hate it. 
And I have I don't know if I have ever seen a movie that not only hates Christmas movies so much, but hates Christmas as much as this film. <laughs> wow. That is one heck of a final thought. Yeah. So don't watch Bad Santa. And this isn't even the sequel that just came out. This is just Bad Santa. Don't watch it. It's yeah. terrible. Okay, all right. I, I won't watch it. I will not it watch it. It takes 60 minutes of a 90-minute film before any character does anything that endears you to them at all. <laughs> so you were just you were just watching wow. these people that you hate for the first hour of the film. Wow. Well, I think my final thought uh, is just uh, if you're if you're picking the movie that you hated the most, <laughs> I'm going to pick the movie that su- that delighted me the good, most. Good. Good. That I didn't think I was going to enjoy, but actually was was a very enjoyable and great film. Which is the holiday mm. with uh, with. Uh, who is it like Cameron Diaz uh, um, what's her name Kate Winslet Jack Black and uh, that other handsome guy did you just refer to Jack Black as one of the handsome guys (laughs) I said well I did say the other handsome guy so yeah the other handsome guy what's his name from that movie you know you know his name he's the really handsome one he's super handsome Uh, Jude Law yeah Jude Law yeah okay that movie we watched it when we were researching uh, romantic comedies and I expected it to be like a cheesy, dumb romantic comedy, and ended up being an absolutely delightful kind of Christmas movie that made me that, that leaves you feeling really warm uh, at the end. Then and uh, and and seeing the imperfections in people coming together at Christmas, it was very very nice. It was lovely. I highly recommend. Hmm. Okay, well, I uh, maybe I'll check it out next year because I'm not watching any more Christmas films this year. I'm done with that nonsense. You're yeah. done. You're done. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, um, nice talking to you, Steve. Nice talking to you, too. And uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I'll see you I'll see you next year. Yeah, where we will be doing our uh, our episode on New Year's films. <laughs>